Hello and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, my man? Not much, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for being here. So together on the show, we listen to the legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. Tob, what are we listening to today? Well, this is a track called Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Let's hop in the DeLorean and find out what track we'll sample to produce this hit. Rewind. Oops, upside your head. Say oops, upside your head. As many times they said oops, it makes me feel like it wasn't an accident. No, nothing. (laughs) Although that little bass like kind of of sounds like an oops. And they're like, eh, we'll just leave it. His ad-libs are impeccable. (laughs) They're something. (laughs) They're impeccable. Finger snappers, toe tapper. Which one are you? Are you a finger snapper or a toe tapper? His laugh is funny too. You <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. That was good. <laughs> he could do it. He could do it at on demand. Yeah, that's impressive. All right, Joe. Please tell the good listeners what we are listening to. Well, this is "I Don't Believe You Want to Get Up and Dance." Oops, by the Gap Band, from their 1979 album "The Gap Band 2." The single was released with the shortened title of just "Oops Upside Your Head." Yeah, was that that first version of that that's title way was too way much. too long? Yeah, it's <laughs> way, way too long. long. So definitely one of my favorite groups of yesteryear. I've been looking forward to having an excuse to research this band. Joe, can you please do the honors? My pleasure, buddy. So the Gap Band is comprised of the three Wilson brothers. We have Charlie, we have Robert, and we have Ronnie. They grew up in a religious household in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they sang and played at their father's church, which makes a ton of sense since music lessons were mandatory. I guess the brothers actually hated the lessons, but I'm sure they looked at them as a positive thing later on in life. Yeah, it certainly looks like it. From what I'm reading, Ronnie actually started his own band at the age of 14. And a few years later, Charlie joined a rival band until Ronnie convinced Charlie to join his band. Robert joined soon after, and they named the band the Greenwood, Archer, and Pine Street Band after streets in the neighborhood. <laughs> Sounds like they've got an issue with long names here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, that was changed to the Gap Band, with Gap spelled in all capitals due to issues they had with advertising, such as a long name. A typographical error led to them just scrapping the initials and just going with Gap Band with no capitals this time, all in lowercase. Whew, that was a lot. <laughs> Wasn't it? <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> so after some time performing in clubs around Tulsa, Charlie left for L.A. to find success and eventually convinced his brothers to do the same. There, the Wilsons met Lonnie Simmons, a local businessman and nightclub owner. Simmons signed the Wilson brothers and their bandmates. You know, the Gap Band released their first album entitled Magician's Holiday in 1974, but it missed the mark as far as chart-topping success. In 1977, their self-titled second album was released and featured several notable names, including Les McCann, 
DJ Rogers, Leon Russell, Reverend James Cleveland, Shaka Khan. I mean, that's a pretty good list. good list, right? And despite the talent of the features and the Wilsons' talent, they still didn't have any big hit songs. So I have a question for you, Tom. Hit me. Have you ever done something artistically and you were just like, man, I just wish I could have a do-over? Maybe a decision you made felt good at the time, but after a bit you were like, mm, no, I'm not, I'm not down with this. I've been there way too many times. i got a lot of stories about that, bro. Mm, yeah. A lot well, of stories. Me too. And I can only surmise that the Gap Band went through something very similar. Now, what makes you say that? Well, in 77, their second album was called The Gap Band, and it was released through Tattoo Records. No hits on that one. Right, right. No well, hits. Well, apparently, they were like, oh, we should pull a mulligan here. So they recorded another album in 79 wow. with Mercury Records, and guess what they called it? What? The Gap Band. <laughs> the exact same thing. So you're telling me that there are actually two albums, same band, yep. that actually have the same exact album name. Yeah. Good luck in the record collection with that one. I think maybe, you remember when we did that show about Joe Cocker and he's right. got two albums, but I mean, he at least put an exclamation it, point it, at it, the there, end of one. There was so a difference. you'd be like, Joe Cocker, Joe Cocker! <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare for publishing and for record sale tracking. I mean, who, whose idea yeah, was that? No, I don't think it was a good one. But whatever happened, the album was actually a success and they hit, finally hit their stride on the charts. Their song, Shake, reached the top 10 on the R&B chart. Let's give that a listen. Got me a couple of dollars I love that we're getting funky in this episode. I know you do. You know one thing I love about this band? Hmm. They tell you exactly what to do. Right? They leave no point. Like, if you don't know what to do, let me tell you what to do. It's in the lyrics. Let's read it. Just do what it, yeah. Just shake. It's like Simon Says. Yep, you know? it's red light, green light. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so another hit from this album was a song called Open Up Your Mind Wide. See, again, they're just selling. This is what you need to do. Yeah, right? exactly. This is, a, this is a funky tune. It's got a great message. Kind of explore different ideas and challenge your present thinking, which we can all do a little bit more of, right? Absolutely. So, all right, let's take a listen. Love them horns. I'm wondering if you shake your booty, does that open up your mind? I think I think it probably does. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Great song. Apparently, these guys were on a bit of a roll because later that same year, they released another album entitled Gap Band 2, which contains our— Was there only one Gap Band 2 album? I'm just trying to figure this out here. Only one. Okay. There's only one. <laughs> I'm just Good checking. question. Good question. <laughs> So, Gap Pantoon, which actually contains our featured song, I Don't Believe You Want to Get Up and Dance. And just in case you forgot, let's play that track one more time. Let's hit it. Say oops, upside your head. 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 That laugh is killing me. That keyboard just like bouncing back and forth from left and right, and my head is like. So their album, Gap 
Band 2 went gold, and there was no denying that the hits kept coming. Yeah, I think in order to have that kind of success, Tobe, you got to be driven, right? Right. You got to be consistent. Right. You have to get up early in the morning. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> You're on a roll today, buddy. That's very nice, partner. Very nice. So let's take a listen to that hit from the Gap Band 4 album. This is Early in the Morning. Let's take a listen. Remember when Robert Palmer did this too? I think he did it like a few years later. Hmm. I think it actually was a little bit bigger hit, but great tune. And let's not forget another big hit from that album, You Dropped a Bomb on Me. Excuse me, Tom. I'm just going to go into my home run trot here. Do you mind if I do that while we listen to this one? <laughs> do you, partner. Do you. <laughs> Love this song. So good. And every time that, like... That synth goes, I just feel like I have to drop the bomb. Like, (laughs) manually, my hands are in the air. So the Gap Band recorded 15 albums before retiring in 2010 when Ronnie Wilson died of a heart attack. In the later years, I got to be more familiar with Charlie Wilson himself. There's no way that you can have a discussion about Charlie Wilson or the Gap Band and not play one of my favorite hits from them. This next track is called Outstanding, and it's off the Gap Band 4 album. Let's take a listen to that. This is outstanding. Charlie's voice is one of those distinct voices, right? It's distinct. It's good. Love him. So this track has been sampled over 150 times and used by artists like Tyler the Creator, DeBrat, Ashanti, Ice Cube, and even Shaquille O'Neal. Ooh, Shaq Diesel. Shaq Diesel. That is a long list. I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. You know what? I'm putting you on the spot, though. You ready? <laughs> what is me. your favorite use of Outstanding? That is, that's easy, my friend. That's easy. It has to be my man, Reggie Noble, a.k.a. Red Man, with his track called Blow Your Mind. And this is off his debut album called What the Album. I want to take a listen to that. This is Blow Your Mind. Blow your mind. Woo, you talk about, this is college. <laughs> Get it, Reggie. <laughs> you can tell it's Kyle. He's talking about Michael Bivens. So. <laughs> yeah. You know it's back in the day. So Charlie Wilson, ton of talent, right? And a personal story that totally illustrates what it takes to win despite challenges. He overcame drug and alcohol addiction, which led him to being homeless for a couple of years. In addition, he's also a cancer survivor. And after he got healthy, he has proven to be more than relevant in today's music landscape. I couldn't have said it any better, my friend. He's actually worked with a number of talented artists today, like Kanye West, Snoop Dogg, Justin Timberlake. He's noted for actually influencing the vocal styles of artists like Aaron Hall, R. Kelly, and Keith Sweat. There are few artists whose career has spanned over as many years as Charlie. And to all of that, all I can say is salute. Ah, well said. And I've got one more little tidbit for you. Guess who Charlie Wilson's cousin is? Uh, Hold on, I'm going to give you a hint. Go ahead. He's funk royalty. Okay. And he's the man who we mention in every single 
episode. You talking about Bootsy, baby? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, thanks for getting our Bootsy Collins reference into this episode. That dude really is connected to everything. It's kind of like a musical uh, Kevin Baker That's right. right there, right? So, all right. Well, speaking of funk, let's move on now to our next feature track, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Whenever I hear this track, I like picture my niece just going crazy. Whenever she hears this, she stops what she's doing and literally just starts shaking her booty. Oh, it's the that's cutest cute. thing. That's all right. Call them both. He said, one ain't enough. Okay? <laughs> the police and the fireman. And the fireman. <laughs> call them up. Shoot. Need Officer McGruff out here, too, while you're playing. Somebody getting killed today. That's right. Here comes the hook. Horns. Yeah. Horns. Who's using horns today? Yeah, I'm not even sure they're real horns, but they sound cool. Who cares? No, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm always a fan. If they sound like that, they could be gazoos as far as I can say. <laughs> so, Tom, I think a lot of people associate this track with Bruno, but it was actually a single off Mark Ronson's fourth studio album, Uptown Special. This album became Ronson's first number one on the UK albums chart, and the album reached number five on the US Billboard 200. No, I, I love Bruno and how his music spans several genres, right? So we're talking pop, R&B, funk, soul, hip-hop. But let's save Bruno for a future episode and instead focus on the work and influence of Mark Ronson. So, Joe, can you give us a little bit of background? Yeah, sure thing. So Mark Ronson was born in London and raised in New York, and from an early age, he was surrounded by music. His father was a real estate guy and a music manager, which is sort of an interesting thing. But after his parents' divorce, his mom married Mick Jones. Mick Jones, as in the guitarist for the band Foreigner. Wow. So when they moved to Manhattan, he was playmates with Sean Lennon, you know, John and Yoko's son. So he was, he was growing up in that music cradle. Wow. It, it certainly seems Mark was on his way to becoming a jukebox hero at an early age. Would uh, you say uh, that? Oh, wow. You like okay. that? Yeah. Jukebox uh, okay, hero. right back at you. I could, I could say that... Uh, <laughs> Huh, well, it's almost as if he had an urgent need to make music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. While he was at NYU, he DJed on the club scene, and he made a name for himself, becoming in high demand for high-profile events and private parties. And in 2000, he was introduced to Nika Costa after her manager heard one of his sets. Ronson then produced her single, Everybody's Got Their Something. So let's take a listen to that. Dude believes in, in proper usage of a bass guitar. Yes, Can I does. just say that? Yeah. Walk that, baby. Walk Thumping that. and plucking. So, random factoid of the day for you, Tob. Hit me. Can you guess which of the Rat Pack was Nika's godfather? Mm, gotta be the king of cool. Oh, Dean Martin. Uh, nope. Try again. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Mr. Show Business himself. Oh, wow. Sammy Davis Jr. No. What? One more, what, hold on, one more guess, and you've got three choices. So <laughs> right. I, I think your odds are pretty good. 
All right, I probably should have started with with, uh, the chairman of the board first. Old Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, see, I knew you'd get there, buddy. Nice work. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Yeah, not a bad guy to call Godfather. Okay, sorry about that. All right, back to modern-day king of cool, Mark Ronson. Yeah, Mark began shifting into more of a producer role. He wrote and produced his own debut album, Here Comes the Fuzz, in 2003. And the first single was a track called Ooh Wee, which features rappers Nate Dogg, Ghostface Killer, Trife the God, and Saigon. This song features one of my favorite Wu-Tang members and member of Snoop's camp and one of my favorite underground MCs. I mean, there was little chance that I wasn't going to love this track. Let's take a listen to this. This is Ooh Wee. Hey, yo, I came to the party just to cut up a rub. Don't make me have to cut up a thug. Now play something for me, DJ, because it's nothing but love. Posted by the ladies who looking for something. Man, I heard this song. I, I ran for my roller skates immediately. Okay, this is this is a roller skate song right here. This is a killer track. Uh, yeah, I'm going to rock the bells here a little bit. Yeah. So I love the way that this song samples Boney M's 1976 version of the song, Sunny. Hmm. Let's take a listen to that. Yeah, now you need your roller skates. Now you need your, you're right, you're right. Boney M was a German disco group, and this song hit number one in Germany and the top ten in many other countries. But this isn't the original version, is it? Uh, Nope. Uh, The original is a 1966 track by Bobby Hebb. Let's give that one a spin. Okay. Sonny, thank you for the truth you let me see. Sonny. I think they made this song into a commercial. Have you heard that lately? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Been used a lot. So this is definitely a different vibe without the disco feel. Yeah, for sure. You know what? There's something else when I was listening to this that I just cannot unhear. Are you a James Bond fan? Certainly am. Uh, You know I appreciate a good martini. Why do you ask, sir? Well, okay. There's just a little tiny snippet here, but listen to this part of the Bobby Hebb version of Sonny. All right. Just that. There's those four notes, right? Yeah, check that out. That does sound like the James Bond theme right there. Now, I'm sure this is pure coincidence. The James Bond theme was written by a dude named Monty Norman in 1962. But this little lead-in to the James Bond theme right before the signature guitar riff is very similar to that part of Sonny. Let's just give that one a quick spin, because why would you not listen to the James Bond theme? Yeah, seriously. This is how I get up in the morning. Let's play it. Maybe Mr. Hab also prefers his drinks shaken and not stirred. Oh, yeah, possible. Well, let's get back to our featured British secret agent, Mr. Mark Ronson. All right, so where we last left off, Mark had just released his 2003 debut album, Here Comes the Fuzz. He was bringing the police and the firemen. <laughs> and unfortunately, even though the press liked it, it didn't really sell so well. Hmm. And uh, to what do record companies do when your album doesn't sell? Well, you get dropped like a hot potato, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Elektra did two weeks after the album came out. And what do you do when the label drops you? Well, you start your own, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Which Ronson did with his longtime manager, Rich Kleiman. 
They called the label All I Do, which is named after the Stevie Wonder song. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I like that. So Ronson then released his second album, Version, in 2007. It's an album of cover songs with a retro vibe. He likes to describe his Motown slash stacks. It debuted at number two in the UK and hit the top 100 around the world. The cover of Kaiser Chiefs' Oh My God featuring Lily Allen charted in the top 10. And his version of Zutan's track Valerie featuring Amy Winehouse hit number two. Definitely some tasty covers on this album, including one of my all-time favorite remakes. Tobe, would you ever think to cover a Britney Spears song and feature Old Dirty Bastard? I don't know, man. That sounds like it could lead to a toxic situation. Oh, I like what you did you there. Like that? You okay, like that? so it definitely makes for some fun listening, though. Unfortunately, uh, ODB's verse is so offensive in so many ways that I don't think we can play any of it. But we can check out that sort of Motown stack sounding version of the chorus, which is just wicked cool. Wow, I've never heard that. It's all those horns you like, Toby. (laughs) Well, that cover of Valerie wasn't the only work Ronson did with Amy Winehouse. He produced much of her 2006 Back to Black album, including the title track and her hit Rehab. Let's take a listen to Back to Black, which Ronson also co-wrote. Easily, this entire album is gold to me. Oh. This entire album. Right here, I just got goosebumps again just hearing her voice. God bless the dead. And then she brings it down right here, and then... Yeah. Yeah. Amy was ridiculously talented, and I love what Mark did with this. Mark was on something on this one. Totally agree. You know what? This, to me, is a great example of what Mark Ronson does so well. Mm -hmm. He makes these songs that sound like you've heard them before. Right. And whether he's actually sampling tracks, or in this case, he's just simply hearkening back to an earlier musical time, it just feels so familiar. Yeah, he does it so well that I actually won him a few Grammys, including Record of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Album for his work on Back to Black. Okay, so in 2010, he released his third album, Record Collection, which also charted well in the UK, but it was his 2014 smash hit, Uptown Funk, featuring Bruno Mars, that confirmed Ronson's status as a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, this song is crazy popular. It reached number one on the U.S. and U.K. singles charts and had 14-week run atop the Billboard charts. It won a couple of Grammys, including Record of the Year, and the video has been streamed on YouTube over 3.3 billion times. Yeah, that's a lot. That's Yeah, that's, that's a lot, a lot. So besides the swagger and the funk that Mark and Bruno are laying down here, you know, I can't help but think that some of the song's popularity is because, well... Again, it just sounds so familiar. Actually, the first time I heard it, I thought it was a cover, or at least was sampling a bunch of songs that I knew. Originally, the only song that was specifically credited on Uptown Funk is Trinidad James's 2012 rap hit, All Gold Everything. That's where Mark and Bruno got this famous line. Let's check that out. Don't believe me, Jay, watch. Don't believe me, Jay, watch. Gold all in my chain. Gold all in my ring. Gold all in my watch. Don't believe me, Jay, watch. 
Yeah, the song is terrible. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't believe me. Just watch. Well, they got, at least they got that line from it. Right. But as part of a 2015 settlement, the Gap Band, our first featured artist, was added as co-writers of Uptown Funk. So let's take a listen to the obvious interpolation that's used for Uptown Funk. I just kind of actually smashed them together for you, Toe. All right, let's do it. Say oops upside your head. 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 Say uptown funk you up. Uptown funk you up. Joe, you're good. <laughs> you're good. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm glad you use your powers for good and not evil. Sometimes. Uptown funk you up. Uptown funk you up. So this entire song is a throwback to that Minneapolis sound. And you can hear some Prince, some Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, some more Stay in the Time. I mean, it's all in there, right? So you can hear a lot of familiar sounds, and some would argue that those sounds were lifted from other tracks. I know in 2017, representatives for Roger Troutman and Zapp also sued for copyright infringement for the song More Bounce to the Ounce. In fact, besides that and the settlement with the Gap Band, the funk group Collage sued Ronson and Mars, again, for copyright infringement, for their 1983 song, Young Girls. Let's listen to that. I mean, there's definitely elements that are very similar. So the female hip-hop trio, The Sequence, also sued for copyright infringement, this time for their track in 1979 called Funk You Up. Let's take a listen to that. I like this one. So I always learn something cool when researching for this show. Mm -hmm. I had actually never heard of the sequence before, Mm -hmm. but these ladies were actually the first women signed to the Sugar Hill label in 1979. And guess how they got the gig, right? So they bum-rushed the show, a Sugar Hill gang performance, and then they ended up singing backstage for the band and for Sylvia Robinson. Crazy. These talented ladies were pioneers for groups like Boys to Men, who also got their big break in the same way. Now, I'm with you, buddy. We can always find so many interesting connections when we do this show. You got to love it. And this brings us back to Mark Ronson and the obvious connections his music has to so many great tracks that come before. Hence all the lawsuits for Uptown Funk, right? So, Tobe, here's my thoughts. Mark Ronson has spent a lifetime as a DJ and a producer He's heard so many songs. He clearly has a love for a certain mix of old school, funk, R&B, soul, hip-hop, kind of blending it all together there. At some point, they're, they're going to mash up in your head and they're going to come out very similar to the songs that you're paying homage to. At worst, maybe it's a little derivative, but I can't think he's ever set out to intentionally steal someone else's songs. What, what do you think? I think you have a big heart, buddy. That's what okay. I think you've right. got a big heart. I do think it's deliberate that he is stylistically adopting the sound of, of past genres of music. As long as you pay homage, and in this case, uh, you know, pay money, right? Right, uh, right. <laughs> to the originators, then I don't well, have a You should do problem. it beforehand, not, not after the lawsuit. Ask for permission, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, sampling a song is a little different from sampling a genre. It doesn't, stick, doesn't even stick really to, to one genre. To me, the ultimate test 
on an artist's validity is the public. Now, there are elements from Adele, Amy Winehouse, Bruno, and even Jurassic 5 that have certainly, you know, borrowed from past artists, past musical. Yeah, but Jurassic 5 lets you know they're doing that right in the name <laughs> of their band, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think the reason why this guy gets away with it or—, or got away with it for yeah. a little bit of time yeah. because it's almost like a quilt. I mean, if you're sampling from or taking from like four or five So different, many different things. I mean, it's confusing it to is. a certain extent, it is. right? It's familiar, but it's also confusing. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, regardless, there's no denying the timeless appeal and success of our second featured track, Uptown Funk. It's four times platinum. It's sold almost 8 million copies in the U.S. alone. It spent 31 weeks in the top 10. And Mark Ronson continues to churn out the hits. By the time this episode airs, who knows what other successes he will have achieved. He's certainly a busy guy. Sure is. He recently collaborated with a fellow mega producer, Diplo, to form Silk City. And their hit, Electricity, featuring Dua Lipa, just won the Grammy for the best dance recording. Let's take a listen to that. I love her voice. Yeah. That lower register, man, mm-hmm. stop it. Stop it. I'll slap everybody in this studio right now. You hear that? <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and here we go. Lift off. Some old CC Peniston right here. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I feel like she's got a little bit of that share warble, too. Anyway, this song yeah. also features that signature throwback style. Electricity has a very 90s vibe to it, and I can see how it gets folks moving on the dance floor. And look, though, that video does not hurt either. It's, it's, it's kind of like the non-career threatening version of Billy Squire's Rock Me Tonight. Yeah, you, you know, I, I feel like Billy and Dua are using very similar choreography, but only one is actually pulling it off. Yeah, that is it, yes. <laughs> All right, speaking of videos, have you seen the video for this next song? Let's listen to Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, Mark Ronson's latest hit, this time featuring Miley Cyrus. Okay. I like her voice too. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen this video? You know what? I, I'll be honest. I have not. Okay. But I did hear there is a lot going on. Yeah, that, and, yeah. It's uh, whew, there's a lot going on <laughs> in that video. <laughs> well, she sure can't sing though. <laughs> she, yeah. That, okay. Tobe, I think I have a new pet project. Hit me. So I I kind of want to do a mashup of this song, "Nothing Breaks Like a Heart," and her dad's smash hit. Okay. Okay. Let's let's go. You going for extra credit right now, buddy? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, maybe, extra credit, maybe. Let's do it. So you mean, you're talking about Billy Ray Cyrus's Achy Breaky Heart, right? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so you're going to have to modify those luscious locks a lot if you're going to even <laughs> attempt that. You know, mow business in the front and okay. party in the no, back. No, look, Tove, I am all for throwback jams, but, but I'm not going there. This is a mullet-free zone. <laughs> Thank God. Thank <laughs> right? God. Thank God. Well, otherwise, I'd have said, ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. <laughs> So that's probably a good idea. Let's confine our throwbacks to sports jerseys and music. And speaking of throwback music, I love reading about how artists get their start. I mean, that, that's one thing I, I love to hear. I love to hear those stories, right? And it's generally all about overcoming odds and 
being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I could not agree more. Timing is an important aspect of releasing an album. Look, even just getting signed to a label in the first place. Now, it's funny that you mentioned that. For today's bonus material, I wanted to bring the conversation back to the Gap Band for just a second. Okay. All right, now, the Gap Band's fifth album was titled Gap Band 3. Wait, their fifth album? Yeah, I, I know. I, I, okay, I, we're not going to rehash it, this. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. And it features a song called Yearning for Your Love. Now, this song broke the Billboard Hot 100 and proved to be a fan favorite. Let's take a listen to that. Don't look at me that way, Tobe. <laughs> Stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I got to dance. So you mentioned earlier that Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band inspired a number of influential artists, including Teddy Riley, the father of New Jack Swing. Teddy's group Guy was vocally led by Aaron Hall, who's stylistically similar to Charlie Wilson. Guy did a remake of Yearning for Your Love in 1990. Let's take a listen to that. A little bit more electronic, but very similar, right? Very similar, yeah. Don't mess with a good thing. Yeah, and Aaron Hall can he can he can Mm. bring it. So now that we've listened to both, right? Let's connect some more dots back to hip hop. Now we apparently aren't the only ones that like this track. Hip hop producer Les received his first production credit by sampling the Gap's band original version "Yearning for Your Love" for Nas's fourth single off his classic first album, Illmatic. Due to the fact that this is a family show, mm-hmm. I'll abbreviate the track's title. The track is called "Life's a B." Let's listen to that. I'm destined to live the dream for all my peeps who never made it Cause yeah, we were beginners in the hood as proper sinners But something must have got in us Cause all of us turned to sinners Now some resting in peace and some are sitting in San Quentin Others such as myself are trying to gather hmm. Okay, Tobe, uh, two things One, that, that doesn't sound like Nas And uh, two, tell me why this song, why it stands out to you well, okay, so first off, you're absolutely right. That's not Nas at the beginning of the track. The MC's name is AZ. And I can't tell you how many times these lines have been recited and hailed as absolute classics. And I know that I'm, I'm not crazy because AZ actually reportedly got signed with EMI on the strength of that verse alone. Okay. The crazy thing was that this was actually AZ's first time recording one of his rhymes in a studio. He essentially treated that verse like it was an interview. I mean, that's dope. Wow, that, that, that's really crazy. And talk about taking advantage of an opportunity. AZ, whose real name is Anthony Cruz, went on to a successful career, but he's always kind of flown a little bit under the radar, right? He's been described as arguably the most underrated lyricist ever and ranks number one on the top ten list of most underrated rappers of all time. I'm just glad we could give him a little bit of love. All right, man. So, good stuff. Well, I think that's about all the time we have today, so let's recap. What did we cover? Well, our first feature track was Oops, Upside Your Head by The Gap Band, and our next feature track was Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. All right, good stuff. So what do we have lined up for our next episode? I'm so glad that you asked, my friend. It's going to be an all-star extravaganza. We will play some tunes that will make you want to jump around. And if you have arthritic knees and need to avoid the high-impact activities, you are welcome to Harlem Shuffle instead. Uh, Okay. Very inclusive. I like it. Like that? Great tunes and aerobic activity. Well done, my friend. In the meantime, please interact with the show on Instagram, at Riffs on Riffs, and on Twitter, 
at Riffs on Riffs, yo. You can find Toby on social media at Haiku, H-E-I-K-U-575, and I'm at Son of Watts, S-O-N-O-W-A-T-S. Please drop us a line. We love hearing from our listeners. Also, another bonus we're doing for you is we're creating Spotify playlists of all the songs that you hear in this episode. So again, just do a search for Riffs on Riffs. This is episode 16. You can hear all the songs. We're going to take you out with another hit from Mark Ronson, this time co-written with Lady Gaga, Andrew Wyatt, and Anthony Rosamondo. Of course, we're referring to Shallow from the movie A Star is Born. This song just won a couple of Grammys, and it just received the Oscar for Best Original Song. Take a listen, and we'll catch you next time on Riffs on Rips. As always, thanks for listening. Huzzah! Tell me something, girl. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. And audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. Peace. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! 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 The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.